Welcome back, everybody. Hawk Talk on Melrose. Colin here alongside Colby and Tyler back again for another episode as we are uh, getting ready for the Cyhawk matchup this Saturday. <laughs> Always like this game to be over with, but we got to get through it first. So welcome back, guys. Uh, it's been a couple days. Obviously, the last episode was more, like Colby said, uh, a therapy session of talking on how bad our offense was, but Hopefully we kind of moved on and we have, we have to be better this week. Have to be better. So what's going on guys. You sound like Kirk Ferentz there. You know, that's, that's the only thing you can do. Taking a page out of his playbook. Um, Yeah. I guess, you know, you kind of just hit on everything that, you know, talked about this week. Uh, Calm down a little bit. It's kind of one of those. um, I think I'm loyal to a fault. And uh, I'm starting to, I'm slowly starting to get some optimism again. I'm like, oh, it's, it's, things are going to change. Yep. Um, I'm the same way. And I think I need to, uh, I just need to like go into this game. I, I really don't have expect, like many expectations going into this game. Obviously, I want to win. It's Iowa State, it's a rivalry. I would love to go 7 0 against them in the last seven years. Um, but at the same time, I'm I'm not feeling optimistic about this game based on last week's performance. Obviously, our defense is legit. You can't really – I mean, Iowa State could have had a better day last week, um, but at the same time, they were playing a FCS school that was um, – that's not very good. And so um, I don't know how much you can take away from their performance, but they played – they did what they needed to do, something that Iowa did not. Um, and their their players looked good doing it. Hunter Deckers in his first, you know, official – starter at the at the helm uh did a great job and uh Jarrell Brock uh filled in very nice for Brees Hall so um it's one of those games where I mean honestly I think it's a crapshoot I think if Iowa can score 17 points which is crazy to say I think Iowa can win but I I don't know if we're in position to score 17 points and I even just saying that is crazy to me that's just insane so uh, obviously, we'll dive in here more, but uh, like I said, I'm starting to get that little itch of optimism again, and I'm trying to temper myself. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I'm kind of the same way. I think after after Sunday, calm down a little bit. You know, obviously, like you guys mentioned, that was just an emotional kind of reaction to what we saw on Saturday, and 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 like you guys said, obviously going into this week, you know, that's going to be the biggest question. What have we What have we done differently in a week? You know, what what have we what have we done to prepare ourselves to to play a lot better in a, sh- in a short amount of time? I don't know the answer to that right off the top of my head, but I'm hoping that, like you said, I think if 17 to 20 is kind of that magical number. If we can get to, I, I would say that we have got a pretty dang good shot at winning this game. You know, will that happen? We'll we'll wait and find out. Yeah, we won't know until three o'clock on Saturday. So um yeah yeah we we have we're gonna get into that game a little bit we're gonna first uh talk the brian ference interview that he had today uh and then we'll do the preview and then we'll do our new segment which is the mailbag you can uh fire in those dms on twitter ask question or you can go on youtube comment um and just ask any question you want so we'll do that today um and then we'll get into uh week two of college football which isn't a very good week Uh, there's only a couple good games on besides iowa state game and then we will get into our Tyler and I's wager winners at the end. So that is which you know, looking for looking at week two slate of games, uh, to see that we're only on Big Ten Network is a little surprising yeah. to me. I figured we'd be on a, a Fox 
um, or national some, game, but yeah, for yeah, sure. Was, but you know, obviously, Big Ten has like some first rights every now and then. But I thought that was surprising, just based solely looking at this week's uh, well, play to games. Number one, it's been forever since it's been in Kinnick, and I think the last time it was in Kinnick, which was 2018, I think it was on Big Ten Network. It was, I think so too. Yeah, I think every time it's in it's in uh, Kinnick, it's always Big Ten, and then if it's in Ames, it's yeah, it's sometimes on ESPN, sometimes on ESPN. Fox or whatever. Right. So, uh, but yeah, so that is a, those are the topics today. It's a jam packed episode. We'll first start, uh, start off with the Brian Ferentz interview that he had today with the media. Um, it wasn't, I thought at first, maybe he was just mean with them, but it was actually sounds like one assistant coach per week. And it just so happened that he, it was this week that he was meeting with the media. It was a good, good timing because he was able to go on and talk a little bit about, um, how to, or, you know, how bad last week's performance was. Uh, pretty much just a couple like major things that I kind of saw from um, from what he said, and then I'll hear your guys' thoughts. Uh, he admits that he was surprised and disappointed uh, by the Hawkeyes' offense. Um, said it wasn't uh, reflective of how the team practiced or prepared from the spring to the preseason camp. Uh, you hear the word practice a lot, which is very annoying in this because you know he even talks about Petrus. You know, you know it doesn't, you know, he looked different than what he you know looked like in practice, and just gets very annoying. Um, he did talk about, um, frankly, I felt like we, after watching the tape, uh, we had ample opportunity in the pocket, deliver the ball and do what we needed to do as far as making the read and getting the ball out to the correct guy. To me, like him saying that pretty much like, he's like saying like, yeah, Petrus did not do his job. And um, is the protection perfect? He says, no, but if we're waiting around for perfect, perfect protection, you're not going to be happy with it ever. But even when the protection is not clean, decisions need to be made faster. The ball needs to be released faster, and that's the bottom line. So you could definitely tell that, like, he was taking, like, which is a good thing, like taking jabs at Petrus. Like, this is, like, you need to do better. And so in my eyes, like, it's pretty much, like, the way he kind of talked about today, like, I I think that there's a really good chance that we will see a quarterback change. Yeah, I'd, uh, I was going to add to that. You know, Brian today, usually he, he does a lot of coach speak. He talks yeah. about – you know, questions about 10 minutes per, per question he spends on and he goes into a lot of detail. And I think sometimes he beats around the bush. I thought today he was honest and he was frank. Um, you've seen him defend Spencer a lot in the past. And, you know, like, do you think he, he doesn't want to go into that interview blasting anyone? I mean, that's the yeah. last thing he wants to do. I give him credit today going in there. And honestly, you know, obviously they do do the, um, the assistant coaches interviews once a week, but for him to be first and him to say, you know what, I'm going to go out and talk and, and be available. Um, good for him to do that. Cause I think he needed to talk. I'm glad it wasn't, you know, uh, an assistant coach like Kelton Copeland or someone up first where they had to answer questions about the offense, because this is Brian's offense. Well, yeah. it's Kirk's offense, but it's Brian that's running it. And so, you know, he needs to be able to answer. And I thought today is really the first time that he's kind of put Spencer on notice. Um, to say, hey, you either improve or we're going to have to make a change. And I, I think today he was honest in that regard, like saying, you know, hey, we are. there's never going to be a clean pocket in college football. I mean, sometime, but like the most of the time that you were going to have to improvise. And there was plenty of time Saturday. We went back and watched the tape um, and I went back and watched, you know, there was a handful of plays where Spencer had more than enough time in the pocket and he had guys, if he just would have waited a half second more where you had guys up in the upper level breaking into that, you know, into that being open. And so, and, and he just doesn't do it. If Colin, if you can, do you have the screenshot of uh, Petrus's interception? I think it's somewhere. Uh, um, no, but if you, if you guys keep talking, I could definitely find it. 
Yeah, I, I think that was one of those things where if you go look at that play, I think Ferentz probably, you know, in film study, probably blasted Spencer pretty hard on that because that was one of those plays where Spencer, yes, he had a, he had a defensive end coming off the edge, but he had more than enough time to not freak out and make a quick decision, throw to Luke Lachey in double coverage. He had Arlen Bruce in the flat, and then he had, I, I, I assume, Alex Wick um, to the top, who was breaking free on like a deep post uh, or like a, a 20 yard in and he completely missed it. And like, that's just one of those things where the way our offensive runs, like we had ample opportunity to score more than we, I mean, there was a, a, ample opportunity to score at least 24 points in that game last week. And if that happens, no one really bats an eye. It would have just been like, yeah, you know, same old Iowa offense. We scored 24 points, whatever. But like, at the end of the day, it's still execution, and, and Spencer just has not been doing that. You know, it's year five in the program, year three as a starter, and I, I just think it's a cerebral thing. He doesn't, you know, he might look great in practice, but there's not pressure in practice. He's yeah. never getting hit. He obviously is going against a good defense, but they're probably, you know, like it. it's not a game, it's not game simulation, not game speed. And so, you know, it, it's just, I think, I think the leash is pretty short on Saturday. I think it's either Spencer comes out firing or and he rides the game through, or you're going to see a change pretty quick. And and I think that's what we need to do. Like yeah. Alex needs his chance. And I felt walking away from that interview today that Brian said, I, I think Brian was honest. It here's, was, you know, here's the picture by the way. Yeah. You can see up in that top, right. And then if you, you see right on the Hawkeye logo at the 45 yard line, uh, Arlen Bruce. Bruce running free which would have been right there probably yeah. more than enough for a first down with the way the cornerback was trailing wick. And it's just like, yeah. you know, why, why throw it into double coverage there at the opponent's 45 yard line when you have so many other options. And it's just one of those things where he doesn't have the awareness and yeah. I'm not saying Alex Padilla does, um, but it's at be the nice bottom. That like the 50. That's a running I back. That's I think Le- that's LaShawn Williams. So yeah. even if he would have thrown it, had, he could have maybe made, you had a couple of options. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah, and and like I said here, in this play particular, there was many more plays throughout the game. Obviously, I think Connor Colby got beat pretty bad, and you know Spencer was feeling the heat. But that's just stuff that's going to happen all year. And if you yeah. can't if you can't react to feeling some heat, then you probably shouldn't be back there. Um, but yeah, Tyler, I'll let you get your thoughts. I just I felt like Brian Ferentz was honest today, and quite frankly, I think that's what we all needed to hear. We needed to hear a coach be honest and not just beat around the bush and just tell us well, he's a good practice player and we're going to keep chucking away. And it's like, well, that doesn't really work at yep. this point in time. So that's yep. where I'm I, at. Yep. I think it's, I think it's time to kind of put up or shut up, you know, obviously, uh, you know, Petrus has had his opportunities. Um, he, I think going into the season deserved to be the starter. He just hasn't gotten better. And, no. you know, if you can't do it against South Dakota state and he shows early on that he can't do it against Iowa state, which is going to be 10 times harder. I think you're right. I think it's got to go to Padilla, give him a chance early enough in the game where we're not down. And then it, he's yep, forced exactly. in the game. That's and what I'm afraid. Oh, well, I don't think it'll be that way because I do think our defense and is going to keep us in it early. And I don't think they I would, would ever do that to, to Padilla, but yeah, go ahead, Colby. I just don't see, I don't see our defense, you know, putting us in a position where we're completely out of the game. Um, right. And obviously we'll get into the game preview later. I, I think Iowa State's probably going to try to throw some stuff at us that we haven't seen before just because, you know, what they've done the last 
six years hasn't worked. And so that was going to um, be my thing. I yeah. was going to say real quick. I, I think I read, I was listening to another podcast and they, they made a good point. It's like, for some reason under Matt Campbell, they always like try to beat Iowa by playing like Iowa style football and it doesn't work. And so they think based on what they saw in a game against Southeast Missouri state, which isn't much, but usually when they play those FCS programs, they struggle out of the gate. They actually went downfield with the ball with a new quarterback. And I think that they're going to try to actually do that against Iowa, actually try to attack our corners. Even they said like, even Riley Moss a little bit, try to test him with Xavier Hutchinson. Well, I don't know. Riley Moss. I mean, he's another player, you know, Riley's amazing college football player and he's, he's, everything he's deserved, but sometimes he gets caught, you know, peeking in the backfield a little bit. Yep. He does fight, and uh, but he'll make the big play. And yeah. I, I think Iowa State's probably going to try to exploit that a little bit on Saturday. I wouldn't be surprised at all if they try to come out hitting a couple deep shots yep. um, because I really believe that's probably their only way. I mean, Iowa's a defense that this year especially does well against the dinking and dunking because we have athleticism yeah. on all three levels. Um, and you know, I was surprised to read, too, that like Hunter Deckers, yeah, he's, he's athletic, but they're not going to do much running with him. Um, he only really runs when he needs to. Um, so it'll be interesting. I don't think we'll ever be in a position where we're completely out of the game with our defense and our special teams. But, yeah, like your point said, the hope is we don't put – you know, if it gets down to it and things don't look good, that we throw Alex in there in a helpless situation where it's just kind of yeah. like, well, there you go. He failed. Told you he's not as good. Yeah. And I don't think the coaches would do that. I mean, obviously I think they want what's best for both guys. Um, I think they're partial to Spencer just because – they know him. He's played the last yeah. three years. He has a winning record as a starter, but at the same time, he's thrown one touchdown in eight games. And it's like, okay. Yeah. So yeah, the facts I speak agree. for themselves. Like you gotta be better. What yeah, one other thing I wanna I wanna point out um too is like I saw it was um I think on the athletics, Scott Doctrine, he had this according to uh, according to pro football focus, Peters was 10 of 18 passing with 83 yards without pressure on Saturday. When he was face pressure, Peters was just one of seven for 26 yards and in interception. Um, and then like Brian kind of alluded to that, like the reality is when his feet were set, he was delivering the ball the way they the way it should. When the fundamentals weren't quite there, there were issues. And, you know, it's just that that's where I get annoyed at because it's that is Peters to a T. And it's yep. I just think it's never going to change. Like, that's just who he is. You can't coach that. It's, it comes down to the player and obviously he just does not have that in him and he's, and he never will like, and that's where, like, for me, like in the off season, I was hoping that's where he, you know, and I was actually kind of optimistic about him, but it's like, yeah, he's just, it's just a reality is he just, he can't do it. And like, then when BF talks about his performance was not a reflection of practice, it, that annoys me because practice is so much different than game, than game time. Totally. You know, you're not, but you're not at getting the same hit. time. At, at the same time, Kurt, I think Brian was just trying to give Spencer a little props and saying, "Hey, listen, like he has put in work this offseason. You yeah. know, we can't we can't say you know he has like Spencer has tried to do as much as he can. At some point, I think we all just have to realize, and I don't know, like, and it's not it's you know it's hard because it sounds like an indictment on him, but like he just doesn't have it. And you know, I like I you know, Ferentz. Brian made that remark, but he also had this comment and, you know, you know, I think sometimes Kirk is kind of the coach that will blame more on the offensive line troubles or or the other 11 guys. But here's, here was a good quote that I thought stuck out to me that I was like, you know what, maybe 
there is a chance that there's some change. So it was saying Ferentz was asked how much the offensive line struggles attributed to uh, Petrus' struggles passing the ball. And he said, what percentage of blame? It's hard to say. I felt like after watching the tape, the majority of the game, we had ample opportunity in the pocket to deliver the ball and do what we needed to do as far as making the read and getting the ball to the correct guy on time. Was the protection perfect? No. But if you're waiting around for perfect protection, you're not going to be happy with whatever it is. And I was like, you know what? That's that's honesty, because they went back and watched film and said, you know what? There was ample opportunity for us to make plays and our quarterback didn't make it. And it doesn't matter if the offensive line hadn't played well. And you know what? I'll give benefit of doubt, benefit of the doubt to the offensive line, because at the end of the day, after listening to Ferentz Sunday, I, I came on here pretty hot about the offensive line and rightfully so they had a really bad day. But after listening to Ferentz um, and kind of going back and, and looking at each of those starters, how many of those starters kind of were making their first appearance? Um, Logan Jones had never played in a real game as an offensive center. That's that's a big jump. Even even go, you know, obviously practice and they're going against our defensive line. That's a lot. But like going into game speed, that's a big jump. Connor Colby never playing tackle before. That's a big jump. And like Kirk said, he was doing some of the guard stuff at the tackle position that he can't do. You know, you have uh, Mason Richmond, who's coming back off of injury. And uh, then who was the Bo Stevens never started before yeah. Tyler Ellsbury, you know, Jennings Dunkers. It's like I had to give those guys benefits out because I think they'll gel into something and it might take a second. But uh, I think we need to reassess uh, the offensive line in a couple games to see where they're at. And kind of that will give us a true vision. I think the first game's tough, even if it, if even if it was against an FCS opponent, um, just because a lot of those guys, this is their first time playing major college football. And if it wasn't, they were coming back off an injury. So um, I'm, I'm encouraged to see what the week one to week two jump looks like. So you think um, before we dive into the Iowa State preview, you think there's probably like a hundred percent chance that Petrus will be starting no matter what going into the game. Or do you think there is any possible chance that you think like they're going into the week acting as if Petrus is starting and then they actually will insert Padilla first drive? I I think my heart tells me that it could be Padilla, but the brain that I've been wired to know as Iowa football is that Spencer probably gets the start. Um, yeah, I, I just, I didn't know because I mean, I could see, I mean, I know, you know, it's, it's a good tactic. You go, you go in acting like it's Petrus. So the other team, that's all they, they prepare well, for Petrus. And, and I then think, you bring I think in it, someone diff, completely new that has a little bit different. They're pretty similar, but they're a little bit different. And yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I, that's why I was just like, yeah. Regardless though, I think they'll prepare for both. I think there's a great chance that you could see both in the game at some point. Um, but if I if I had to say based on kind of like what Colby was saying, what I know about Iowa football, I think Spencer gets the nod because he started and played the entire game last game. I think they they go with him and give him the chance that you know to to prove it again. But I do think that he's on a much shorter leash, and I do like what kind of that that quote or that you know uh, kind of clip that Colby just read. You know, I think. Because Colin, like me and you were in the game, like we're at the game. Like there were plenty of times where we're like, yeah, the offensive line was breaking down, but Spencer just completely missed the guy high yep. and overthrew him, underthrew him, you know, made the wrong read. Like there were plenty of opportunities where the offensive line held up just enough where he yeah. all he had to do is deliver he- a decent ball. Even that, even that screen. I mean, like, yeah, that, he had a guy in his face, but you're dude, you're throwing th- you're throwing three yards. You you do no, not have yeah. like 
that's and that was it that was honestly that's the unfortunate thing that was the touchdown okay yeah. so if you go back and look at some of the some of our offensive possessions well, that was a touchdown can, the fumble drive and then the yeah fumble like, drive was probably a touchdown you're probably looking at a 17 17 to 3 type game well which, you're missing the i mean the missed field goal um yeah right. yeah true which it still isn't good don't get me wrong like yeah. i still would no. be happy with it but we're talking about a different conversation here if he makes some of those makeable plays are we take away some of those um uh those turnovers because i think on that play LaShawn had like an, an eight or nine yard gain when he fumbled yeah. um so yeah. like we there was some momentum building on that side of the ball but it's just like man for an offense that really can't afford to shoot itself in the foot it oh. was just shooting itself in the foot and so yeah. um yeah when the defense doesn't take the ball away and then we're minus two in the turnover margin it's it's a not a good recipe for success at all um and then one other thing i was talking to brad about this um the other day so you know like that so last game we we won the coin toss but we elected to receive which you just i never liked that i don't understand why we do that especially with with knowing that our offense isn't that great why we do that but i was like asking i was telling brad i'm like god i feel like there's a I feel like Ference, I think the reason why he does it, and I don't know, maybe I'm wrong on this, is he likes to receive because at the end of the day, like, yeah, going down the field and scoring would be great. But even if we just get one or two first downs and then have Tory Taylor punt it inside the 10, and it, it kind of worked to perfection, even though, and then that next drive, they had a bad punt. We got the 27, we should have scored there. So I almost, I wonder if like, that's the reason why he does that. It's like, like setting it, us up for set, the next setting, possession. Yeah, it's almost setting us up for, you know, especially with because the confidence of Tory Tory Taylor kicking it with inside the 10, confidence of the, the that offense doing something stupid, you know, first drive of the game, the crowd's loud, especially in the north end zone. So you, you hope that they might do something yeah. stupid and throw an interception or fumble or like the South Dakota State game, two false starts, pin them way back, and then they get a three and out and they have to punt the football, shitty punt, and we have the ball at the 27-yard line. And yes, we should have scored. I don't know it, how we didn't score, but I wonder. Like I, I was just thinking that because I was like, why else do we elect yeah, to receive? Because it just our, doesn't make any sense. Obviously, yes, it's to go right down the field and score. But if you right. know that your offense isn't that good, it just doesn't make any sense why we do that. But I think that's yeah, a big point. reason. I mean, yeah. it could very well be. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me sometimes either. Yeah. So let's get into the Iowa State game a little bit here. Um. So last season we went into that game. Kind of like this year where we just don't, I mean, I guess last year we played Indiana and we won 35 to six, was it? Um, to my surprise, I went back and looked at that game. Petrus actually didn't have a uh, touchdown pass in that game. We scored pretty much from the defense and we had two rushing yeah. touchdowns, um, but we did win 34 to six. So we felt semi good about it, but we also at the same time figured last year was probably going to be the year Iowa State would beat us. And Iowa's game plan that game was kind of just, Low risk, low reward. Uh, I think it's um, I think it's gonna be the same game plan this week. Yeah, honestly. Just, it's it Iowa went into that game last year with going against everything screamed that last year was gonna be Iowa State's game. I mean, they had the experience, they had the talent, they had the home field advantage, and I think Iowa's game plan last year was perfect and coupled that on top of like Iowa actually answered every time Iowa State made a play last year. And mm -hmm. give yeah, I, I'll give credit to Spencer last year. That second quarter by Spencer Petrus last year was probably the best quarter that he's had as a Hawkeye as a Hawkeye yeah. football player. Um, 
so yeah, I mean, last year was one of those games. I think, you know, if we would go back on our podcast and read and look back, I think probably, I think I gave Iowa state the edge, but I went into that game feeling, feeling pretty good about what we could do if we could stop Brees Hall and stop the run, because I kind of, I love, I think Brock Purdy's an awesome quarterback, but I don't think he's, he was a quarterback that could make many plays against Iowa. And that kind of proved true. Um, so my thought was if we stopped Brees Hall, I thought we were going to be right in the game. And sure enough, that's what it was. Um, so yeah, I think that's the same game plan Iowa needs to take this year. Yeah. They won, they won the turnover battle four to zero last year, but I think it really, I, you know, I have it here. It kind of came down to that impressive 10 play 71 yard touchdown drive late in the first half. And that is exactly what's like, we need to have at least, I was telling Brad to say one drive where we just go, we, where it's a long drive and we go down the field and actually score a touchdown. Um, Cause I think that that, gives confidence to everybody. It does. And it, and Tyler, you and I can actually chant the IOWA chant. We haven't done that yet this year. Four quarters. (laughs) We have not done it besides the beginning of the game. So it it needs to happen this week or it's going to be all, all yeah. hell is going to be annoying. Yeah, it's going to yeah. be bad. Yeah. It's going to be bad. If so, if Iowa goes into this game Saturday and looks the same way it did last week and doesn't make a change at the quarterback position and doesn't try to get a little creative on offense while things are going bad, there's going to be a, uh, a quite a big, you know, pushback against the Ferences. Yep. Um, well, you're going to lose week. a lot of fan support. Let's just be honest. I mean, people are going to or people are going to be sick of it. And the the crowd at the Nevada game, for example. I mean, if you know if that if that's exactly what happens, like you just described, there's not going to be there's going to be people not going to that game. It's not going to be a, a sellout crowd. I can tell you that right now, because <laughs> people will be right. sick of it by then. But, I think if we, I think if we lose in general, people, you know, some fans are going to be obviously very upset about it. But it, it's got to, it, like Colby said, it's if if in the way that we lose, if we look very similar to Week One, where we didn't give ourselves a chance to 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 try to mix it up, to be better, to do some things differently, it's going to. And if it doesn't happen early, I think it's going to be you're going to see that again at home. Yep. Um. So. For Iowa State, just a quick preview of them. Obviously, yeah, quarterback Hunter Deckers um, looked sharp last week against Southeast Missouri State. Had four touchdown passes, three of which went to wide receiver Xavier Hutchinson. That's a, I, I really wish Xavier played for us. That's one guy on Iowa State's uh, team that I really wish we had. He's a stud. Um, they ended up winning forty-two to ten. South Southeast Missouri State. I mean, they're an FCS school. If you compare them to like South Dakota State, even though like yeah, we should have took care of business against South Dakota State, but. In terms of talent level, they are well below a South Dakota State. Um, defensively, Iowa State uh, replacing a lot of talent from last year's team, but um, they're still not bad. Um, they looked at times on Saturday. I re- I actually went back and watched some of that game. Times where they kind of let Southeast Missouri State kind of do whatever. I mean, like South. I mean, there's times where Southeast went right down the field. Um, they didn't score many touchdowns. Obviously, they only had ten points, but they did put up some yardage. Um, but you know, against Iowa, they always play really well. They always have a good game plan with Iowa. They're, they're going to load up against the run. They're Iowa to beat them with the pass. Same story every year. It's like what Wisconsin does. It's like what pretty much every team does. It's what South Dakota State did. And, um, right. yeah, we'll just have to see. So, um, I think the big thing is um, the Hawkeyes can pressure and, you know, get Deckers kind of rattled, who's making his first career road start. Um, yeah, good that's, point. That's going to be, you know, big. I think if Iowa can get 
Iowa State to start drives in the north end zone. And, it, and it's it's weird to say this for people that don't know, that haven't been to Kinnick since the north end zone or whatever, but it makes a huge difference. I mean, that north end mm-hmm. zone, the you know, from the 20-yard line to the goal line in the north end zone, it's unbelievable how loud it gets at moments. And so if we can get Iowa State backed up numerous times, it's it's only good for Iowa. And so we can get Deckers kind of rattled. We can get him kind of, you know, all over the place. That's that's a big thing. Um, looks like Kobe went to the bathroom, but I guess we can just talk about it. I don't know, Tyler, yeah. if you remember 2018 uh, when Iowa played Iowa State. That was actually the last time it was in Kinnick. I think that game could be very similar to this game. It was a low-scoring affair. Yeah. It was a 13-3 to win. Went into that game. Not much happened offensively. Yeah, not much happened. But going to that game, and I, I remember like Iowa State fans were kind of annoying, but but I believed them because like and they were good. But I was very nervous of Iowa State's weapons that year. Um, David Montgomery, Akeem Butler, Deshante Jones, Tyreek Milton, and then yes, Kyle Kemp wasn't. I mean, like he was that quarterback that they all thought was like so good, and he really wasn't that good. He was a very average quarterback, but he played in some big moments going before going into the Kinnick. So like I was kind of nervous about him. Like you know, yeah, and he had some good weapons. And, uh, you know, I felt like, oh, you know, this might be. And then we ended up, you know, just like every year, Phil Parker, you know, knows what he does. And that's why he's the GOAT defensive coordinator. And we were able to only hold them to three points. And so that is my hope for this game is that, you know, we can stop, you know, Xavier Hutchinson. You know, we can get, you know, Hunter, um, you know, kind of rattled back there. You know, pressure. We got to get pressure. I thought the South Dakota State game, there were times where we weren't getting pressure uh, uh, but i think then that were, was designed well yeah to, but then and then there was times where we really did and so i think we really need to do that i don't know Kobe, if you were here i guess i wasn't on the screen but um were you here when i was just talking about the 2018 game yeah yep oh, i agree yeah. with that game I, I went we all went into that game a little nervous about what was to happen and i gave up three points that's one of those things where i see i don't I, i'm just I, I think I'm at a little standstill right now because I don't know the game plan Matt Campbell's going to put together. I don't no. know if, you know, looking back at their game last <clears> week against <throat> Southeast Missouri State, like it took them a half to get the get the running game going. And then once they got it going, it looked pretty well. But I don't think Iowa State's really going to be able to run wild on us. Um, I think they're going to have to depend on Deckers to beat us. Um, and And if I didn't, if I wasn't worried about Iowa's offense, that would be a winning recipe for Iowa. Yeah. In my opinion, I would, yeah. I would probably give the edge to Iowa. I'm just nervous about our offense, but um, we'll see. It's one of those things is I don't Hunter Deckers is a little bit of an unknown. I know the Cyclone fans are very excited about his first start and rightfully so, but also you have to take with a grain of salt who he was going against. Um, yes. He played against Iowa last year, but at that point in the game, Iowa was up 17 points with, six minutes left in the game and we were playing prevent defense and every single one of his passes were uh, less than like seven yards down the field. So yeah, it's just, yeah. And, and I, and I get your point. I think Iowa, you know, if they win the toss, my, I defer it to, so we can pick what side we want. And I would pin Iowa state deep back there. Um, So I don't know. I, this game is very hard for me to predict. I'm, I'm looking through position battles. Um, I don't know if you were planning to do that, but I'll just go through mine real quick. Obviously, can you guys hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. You yeah. cut out okay. there for a little bit before, a little bit. but you're good. I had, you're good. A, I had a call. Um, 
Obviously, quarterback position. I probably just have to give it to Deckers based on where our quarterback position is right now. Yep. Um, if you go, um, our, our, our defense, our, yeah, no, let's go this. Our cornerbacks versus their wide receivers. I'll give our edge to our back seven. Um, outside of Xavier Hutchinson, he's the best player probably out of the whole back seven and their receivers. But as a collective whole, I'll give our, give it to us. Um, their offensive line versus our defensive line, I'll give it to us all day. Their linebackers, our, our linebackers versus um, their tight ends and running backs, our linebackers nine times out of ten. Even without um, Justin obviously, Jacobs playing? Even without Justin Jacobs, I think we'll probably go to a lot of cash sets. We also have Seth Benson and uh, Jack Campbell on the field at all times, and they are um, two of the best linebackers in the Big Ten. So I, it's one of those things I'm not trying just to be an overzealous Iowa fan, but we match up extremely well with them when it comes to offense on defense. And, you know, I think Phil is going to have a plan for Xavier Hutchinson's and he probably, you know, they're going to try stopping the run. They're going to fill gaps. Um, and I don't envision us trying to blitz that often unless we get into one of those third downs where we just need to bring the house. But I think, I think Phil probably feels comfortable rushing his four guys against their offensive line. I think their offensive line is probably better than it has been in the past, but it's still, um, Still not great. I know their offense, uh, their defense was getting some pressure. Uh, Southeast Missouri State's defense was getting some pressure uh, last week, which kind of caused them to go into a little bit of a lull in that second quarter. Um, so I think Phil's going to have a great game plan. I think Iowa State's probably going to try to attack a few times. It's just going to be up to you know our back seven to be able to be ready for that. Yeah. Um, but I think, like you said, we need to just really play that field position battle, especially if our offense isn't up to par. Um, yep. I haven't found myself getting nervous for this game yet, but um, sounds like you're I, talking that, yourself into an Iowa victory right now. No, I just I don't think <laughs> I, I think I just haven't gotten my hopes. I, I'm just yeah. like in between state right now. I'm sure tomorrow Friday I'll start getting a little more nervous, um, but I, I just really don't know what to expect, and that's where I'm at. Yeah, it's so hard to gauge like how this just game will know. go. Yeah, I mean because. Just, I mean, I think I think sometimes Brian calls some of his better games against Iowa State in recent in recent years. I feel like he's had some of his better we've we've had better games against them and that's the reason why we're where we're at, you know, in I mean, the winning his streak. First year as offensive coordinator against Iowa State was what, two thousand eight? No, two thousand seventeen. We won was that the forty four forty one win in overtime? Yeah, had some bigger wins. I mean, yeah. And we put up points regardless of you know, how our defense played. I know some of those games were back and forth, but like we've had some bigger scoring outputs against them in in some years. So I, I don't know. Maybe maybe Yeah. Well I, or 2018 was 13. I don't know what what was night I think 19. Did we score? I don't I didn't think we scored much in 19. Night no 19 score the 18 to 17. I actually just watched that replay last night. That was oh. the infamous uh rain delay weather yeah. game. Yeah. In twenty twenty one we had twenty seven, but we got the pick I, I thought, for that fumble. Yeah, I do Touchdown. think uh Brian actually called a pretty good game last year though. Uh, I think he a did. lot of that I was mean, still our offensive executing. <laughs> and you know, you saw it, it worked when Spencer was playing well. Second quarter, like you said, eight plays, seventy one yard drive. We were actually and, tacking down the middle of the field with our tight ends. Spencer I remember. was Spencer was firing and uh he threw a great ball to Charlie Jones, R. I. P. Uh but yeah, I I don't I don't I think maybe it's just the rivalry thing. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. So what's uh I guess prediction time then for you guys? I can start. Um, 
real quick. I I've got Iowa State, unfortunately, uh, winning this game seventeen to ten. Um, I feel like our defense is going to put us in a position to win this game, and it's going to come down to the fourth quarter, and Iowa State maybe makes one more one more play or one more drive than Iowa does. Um, I just feel like our offense from what I've seen last week and dating back to last year, they've put in our defense into some very bad positions. And I feel like we could see something like that very similar next week. Um, I just feel like punting and playing defense can only win you so many games. And I just feel like maybe this is the year that it comes to an end um, with, with the six and O streak that we have in the last six games. I don't know. I think if we do win this game, it's we're going to win by a point or two. I, I I really don't see us blowing them out or winning by you know double digits or anything like that. If we do somehow win this game, it wouldn't surprise me. We we do play well. We do step up against that Iowa State team year in and year out. We we do seem to play better, but I just start, this offense just does not give me any confidence right now. I I totally get that. Hey, my headphones died. Can you guys hear me again? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I agree with your points, Tyler. I think I'm in the position where uh, – all right, I'll just hop into it. I think Iowa State doesn't score more than 13 points against Iowa's defense. Now, do I believe that Iowa will score 13 points against Iowa State? I don't know. Um, I think just for for sake of me – uh, believing that I'm just jumping in on a little bit of the optimism again. I think I'm going to give Iowa, Iowa the win. I think Iowa will, um, them being at home helps, even though we tend to play well on the road, it seems like. But I think that in this rivalry, I think this will help us. I think Iowa will score 14 or 17 points. I think I, I think seven of those points will come on a turnover touchdown. Um, I'm going to give Iowa the win 17 to 13. I think Iowa state doesn't, I think Iowa state scores one touchdown and kicks two field goals. Um, I think our defense is that, is that elite? I think their offense is still a work in progress. Even they, even though they scored 42 points against, uh, the uh, Southeast Missouri state last week, um, they are, they're going to be going against probably the best defense they'll see all year, um, moving forward. And so I think that's going to be a little bit of a struggle for them. Now, like I said, I don't I don't know if I'm how confident I am in that I was going to score 13 or more points. Will I be surprised a single bit if Iowa State wins this game on Saturday? Not one bit. Yeah. And if that's the case, it's because of our offense. It's not because of how our special teams or defense played. Um, you know, Iowa's done a great job of holding on to the ball and not turning it over. Um, but if our offense looks like it did on Saturday, there's going to be at least one or two turnovers that are going to go Iowa State's way. And that's that's how we've beaten them the last how many years. I think the turnover ratio. Yeah, it's crazy. It's like nine to zero. Nine to zero. Yeah. Um, and yeah. so I, I'm going to give Iowa the win um, just because I, I truly believe our defense and special teams are that elite. And I, I would like to hope that our offense can maybe cultivate one or two drives um, that result in points. Obviously, it didn't happen last week. And you know, I won't be surprised if that doesn't happen, but I'm, I'm putting faith and trust into our coaching staff that they'll, they'll try something and they'll try to get something to work. If Spencer isn't working, Alex is going to come in. 
Um, and so I think Iowa can squeak out the win. I think it's going to be super close. And like I said, if Iowa doesn't hit that 13 point threshold, they're not winning. So um, Iowa, the win 17, 13. Um, and that could very easily be the other way around. So for now, I'm going to give Iowa the win. Real so quick, I, it's just it's just crazy right. how we're talking about Iowa needs to score more than 13 points in a game. That, yeah, yeah, it's that's where we're at. I don't know. So what's the? Uh, I always forget what's the. I I remember like the Washington Balkans talk about what was what's Phil Parker's like, like how how many points oh. is it like only give up or only uh for the offense? I thought it was I, like, seven. It was seventeen. Very very low, and it's like oh yeah. my gosh, yeah. I think it was like seventeen yeah. too. If you if, and I think that's Iowa strategy going in. I think they're gonna tell. I think that well, no, that you're. I think you're thinking back to. um was it the year with Josie Jewell with the Michigan game? He just said, I, "Hey, yeah, I don't know. I score just thir- score if we can yeah. score thirteen or more points, we'll win this game." And I think that's kind of how our defense ha- defense's mindset this week is too. It's like you guys, we will give you guys as much room as you need. We mm-hmm. are going to we are going to bottleneck these guys, and I think they have the capability of doing it. But does our offense have a pulse? And so. um, I yep. think Iowa State fans probably would make fun of me for even picking Iowa, but like Iowa seven and zero in the last seven years, or six and zero in the last six years. It's at home. We still are a good team if you take away the offense. Like we are an elite team when you look at defense and special teams, and they can laugh at that all they want, but it's the truth. Yeah. You know, well, Iowa they would know is, better than anybody. Yeah. Yeah, and Iowa in those phases of the game is elite offense it's about the as as worse as it comes so i i have to give i have to give iowa a little bit of credit there because they did look good in two out of three phases of the game on saturday it's just that we highlighted the worst the worst one yep i uh um going with you colby with the 13 i think i would say we'll get to 13 points and um i'm hoping that like i know like tyler and tyler and i last week kind of gave south dakota state the benefit of the doubt you know, like I think Tyler, you had 17 for South Dakota State, and I had maybe 13. And you know, because we and look at our defense, only gave gave up three. So hopefully, yeah. hopefully, uh, you know, all of us giving you know, oh, more than 10 points, double digits. Hopefully, you know, that's not the case. But I'm I'm gonna go with Tyler though in this, and I'm gonna t- still take Iowa State, even though I'm only giving them 13 points. I think the I think it'll be 13 to 10, because as of right now, I just don't see until I see it. I just cannot predict it uh, where Iowa can, can put up points. Um, you know, 10 is like a touchdown and a field goal. Well, yeah. If we, I mean, if we don't get a uh, defense or special teams touchdown, I just, it's hard for me to see us, even if we just get one touchdown to see, see us get a, try to get a second one or some more field goals. It's just going to be so tough. So until I see it, I can't really predict it. So I'm just going to 13 to 10 Iowa state. Hopefully I'm dead wrong. Uh, and I guess we'll just have to wait and find out. So I can't I can't argue with any of those. I think that you guys are right on are right on cue. I think it's a low scoring game. And, if you uh, if, if you tell me our defense gets like a like a scoop and score or pick six, like I'm gonna be feeling really, really good at yeah. that point. That I, just, or... I can't I just can't like get myself to just be like, well, we're gonna get one of those because we didn't see it last week and that's why it was so close. That or it's so heavy on the turnovers. If you told me that like Tory Taylor punts the ball and you know, inside the ten or five numerous As a game, times, like last game. yeah, like yeah. consistently in that area where Iowa State's starting, 
you know, at the five yard line or hell, even, you know, South Dakota state, there was two, what two possessions where they started at like the two yard line or one yard line. If you told me like that happens numerous times, like I feel pretty good because once again, if you get a three and out, I would say as a punt the football, you know, by then, you know, we're at the 50 yard line already. And yes, offense, you got to do freaking something. If you're at the, if you start the 50 yard line or even, you know, in plus territory, it's like, okay, you're almost in field goal range. You can go down the field and score. So, right. um, so if, yeah, if you told me, if you told me that's going to happen a numerous amount of times, like I, I would, I'm going to feel a little bit better about it too. So, um, so yeah, I guess that's it for the preview and prediction for that. Um, we'll guess we'll just have to wait and find out. We'll have an episode coming out next on Sunday or Monday going over that game. Hopefully it's a W and we can move on to Nevada. So, all right, let's get into the mailbag. Uh, once again, you can, uh, follow or you can follow us on Twitter or whatever you can DM us and uh you know ask your questions youtube comments whatever we have a few here not much to start out with but we do have a few um hopefully we get some more as uh the weeks go on so let's go with the first question uh david when do you think we will see a quarterback change do you think we will ever see labus this season um i think we'll probably see potentially a quarterback change this this saturday now i will say this as much as i want to see padilla I'm hoping we don't see a quarterback change because if we don't see a quarterback change this right. weekend, that pretty much pretty much implies that Petrus did a, enough or he did a pretty good job. So, or I, I, I'm actually, if that's, if that's or, not the case, yeah, and then we're all yeah. going to be like, what is wrong with the coaching staff? Well, so I, I guess, agree with yeah. your point. If if Spencer right. has a bad game, we'll see Padilla. But, you know, if Padilla doesn't come out and we're talking about this on Monday, it's because Spencer played a pretty decent game. So, yep. um, and then I think, I think Spencer's, I think Spencer's uh, leash is pretty short. I really do. do yeah, unless think... unless you're like what Colin said, like Padilla starting, but I don't I don't see that. No, I, I don't guess. either. I just think I mean I was thinking that the other night. I was like, God, I wonder if we would do that. I do, do you think? Do you think now? I know there's a question coming up here about the booing. Um, that first drive. Let's say the offense gets a three and out. I I think there will be boos that first, which is like oh. God. Like, I guarantee there will be. I, I, I mean, don't. I, think I don't want are, that to happen. But... On, like yep. the offense is on such life support with the fans that, like, yeah, I think yep. literally the first drive if it goes like three and out right away. If oh, we right receive, away. if we receive the football and we go three and out, yeah, they're booing. Yeah, hundred percent. And I, I don't necessarily think that that's a good thing. I'm just saying, like, that's, I think that's a realistic thing. Yeah, can we just gonna... dream? Can we dream for a second that Iowa gets the ball? And goes down the field like on the very first drive, and it's like an eight play, seventy-eight yard drive. Like, can we just I, imagine what that would like? What life? It's would be really like? not I, that I'm hard though. Like, sitting that's in my annoying. chair, and that I happening, know. and Iowa being up seven nothing, just being like, "Wow, is yeah. this real?" Right. Play with the lead, and then at that point, I mean, I'm well, yeah, we're feeling, feeling like we're gonna win that game. Good. Yeah, it's too much to ask for, though, guys. Too much to ask for. Totally. Yes. Um, the way the Labus thing, I just think if the season goes completely south, yeah, there's like that's... Colby mentioned it in a previous episode. It's like if you have nothing to lose at that point, you know, maybe he's the future. Then yeah, maybe we would see him. But other than that, I I don't see him coming in. Yeah, I agree. I think I think it's probably not going to happen this year. I think you have two experienced quarterbacks. They're going to stick with the two. I just don't see them going to Labus. Um, Cody asked, do you think our running game struggles more because of lack of O-line talent, no threat going down the field or the blocking scheme? Um, I think it's more the last two. I mean, I think the O-line talent, I mean, we get four stars. I mean, we have a, a decent amount of four stars at the offensive line position. 
not all of them, but a decent amount. I mean, you look across the Big Ten, Northwestern, Minnesota, they always have decent O-lines, and, I mean, they're getting the same amount of talent as us. So it, I don't think it's the talent. I think it's the the threat of not going down the field. So you got defenses putting eight, nine, ten guys in the box. And then, yes, I also think the blocking scheme is just like the zone blocking scheme zone, inside yeah. of the field. It's just – it can work at times, but it's not a thing that's going to consistently get you – to the promised land. So I think it's those two yeah. things. I mean, props to LaShawn Williams for still gaining 72 yards against what he was forced yeah. against on Saturday. Cause the offense, like the offensive line was absolutely terrible in run blocking. He pretty much had to get all those yards on his own. Yeah. Um, and so. I agree with you though. Yeah. I think it's hard. Year. I think that's hard to, yeah, that's hard to, that's a hard question to attack right now just cause. You just yeah, don't really it's, it's a bunch of different things, but I would definitely say not definitely not the O-line talent. I think the talent is there. Well, when they're run blitzing every, you know, other play, it's like exactly. it's hard to say that Tough. it's not because of our pass game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jared, I went to my first game last year, the Penn State game. Good game to go to. Uh, when Penn State was lined up in the north end zone, they really struggled uh, versus when they were down at the south end zone. Um, seemed that way against South Dakota State. Um for me, even though I, I feel like South Dakota State struggled on both sides. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, the north end zone, there was definitely more false knowledge. But, anyways, how much of an impact do you think the north end zone has and when do you think they will redo the south end zone? I think it has a huge impact. I think anyone that hasn't been to Kinnick since the new end zone has been completed doesn't understand what we're trying to say when we say it It makes a huge deal. I mean, just the – It's loud. It's definitely it, – Yeah, it's, you know, the closed end. It's all connected. It's yeah. steep. So like the sound just stays there versus the South end zone. And I do think they will redo the South end zone. You're talking the big 10 now where each team's going to get like what, like 70, $80 million a year. It's going to happen. The only problem with the South end zone, it's going to be a little bit more of a, um, it's going to be a little bit more costly because you have the tunnels. And I think another situation is like the, the student section, like how are they going to do that? Because if they match it exactly like the North end zone, there's going to be suites in the middle tier. And it's like, how do they go about all that? So uh, but I definitely think it will happen at some point. I agree. I, I think it's a matter of when, not if. And, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. At some point, it's gonna, gonna have to, it looks so cool because when they do that, though. the the ROI oh, so far gosh. on the north end zone has been absolutely unbelievable. Like you said, I mean, there is every time an opponent's in that end zone area, it's like there's going to be a false start. Like I, yeah. I feel like it yeah. happens once a game. Um, it's and it looks great. It really makes Kinnick look great, and so. Obviously, that south end zone looks a little asymmetric. It doesn't look symmetrical right now. So I think at some point they'll do it. Like you said, it's probably going to be a more, a little more expansive, just with Iowa's locker rooms being underneath there. But at the same time, they'll have a lot more room to work with. If you look at that north end zone, it is a tight space over there. Yeah, um, that's true. But I didn't you know, you could also. I know we're just dreaming here, but you could still do those uh, those sweet levels and make you know the bottom, the whole bottom. Um, yeah like the that student whole section. bottom area of the student section and then ha- some of the top and then the rest i don't know you'll just have uh, it's that it's fun to play around with but i do think at some point they'll do something yeah well and cody and i sat on the other side and we had to actually like walk like behind the the whole north end zone and and walk through there and actually that was like the, one of the first times i've ever like gone on that side and it it is so cool yeah, it is. I, I remember there was one 2019, I so think, Tyler, nice. when the Illinois game. I remember I went up there for a little bit just yeah. to kind of check it out. And and not only that, but the views, like on the, like, I wouldn't mind, like, if I had to sit up there, I wouldn't mind it. The views were incredible because you're, you're yeah. so high up. Uh, Nick asked, think there will be any game this year where we will wear alternate uniforms? Um, 
if you count the black pants, I think we will, I guess, wear uh, probably the Wisconsin game or maybe the Michigan game. I could see black those, black, yeah. those black pants. But in terms of actual alternate uniforms, probably not just because usually Iowa will, you know, usually they come out with that like in the offseason. Like I remember back in 2019 um, when we played Penn State, or maybe it was 2018, the gold out, um, that was – in the off season when they showed those out. So I don't think we'll wear like legit alternate uniforms, but I think we'll wear the black pants. You think we're going to wear black pants on Saturday? No, no, not, no. He just, he asked like anytime this in year. General. And oh, yes, I think there'll I, be at least one game. I think yes. it'd be cool oh, yeah. if we came out wearing the black pants on Saturday, but, but I don't think it will happen. No, I, Ference, I would love black pants on Saturday, but Kirk's just one of those guys, especially for this game where it's like business yep. as usual. Yeah. And I don't see him playing into the, black pants thing. I mean, I, but I could have said that the same thing about the 2017 Ohio state game, you know, with the alternate unis, oh, but yep. um, I just don't see that happening. Ferentz is just kind of one of those guys that doesn't really do that sort of thing. Um, I feel like the reason is, is Saturday a blackout game? No, it's Wisconsin game. Just regular. Yeah. Yeah. Wisconsin I, don't, blackout. I, I don't see us wearing no. black pants. I don't, yeah, I, I was just, it'd be cool, but I do think the Wisconsin game or maybe the Michigan game, we will. Um, Reese, how do you guys feel about the fans booing in last week's game? I mean, people were mad about it. I guess I get kind of mad. I, mean, I don't really, because I think fans aren't booing at the players per se. They're they're booing at the coaching staff. And I think a lot of the boos were directed towards like, why are we keeping Petrus in there? And I think the boos were because of that. I mean, I, I know where people are getting at where it's like when you are booing, you know, players think it's you're booing at them. And some, for some people it might be, but like, I think the majority is booing at the coaching staff. So I guess at the end of the day, like for me, it's like, I don't know. I think God, who made a good point. Someone on sound off made a good point because uh, a, a person called in and was complaining with some woman that she was complaining big time about it. And the guy on sound off was like, you know, a couple years ago, you can make that as the case, but these guys are getting paid now. They're technically professional athletes in a way um nil things like that so it's like you know you're gonna that's that's what you're gonna have to take it's like being a professional athlete in the nfl yeah. you know you're you're getting paid money but you know you're also subject to a lot of criticism so i thought he made a good point when he said that so i don't know yeah and i mean I, it's i don't like to feed into it i don't like to boo yeah but it's they, like no it's, i no, don't no i don't and i think we all can agree on that for the most part and but I just, it's hard for me to like argue like with what we saw from our offense against South Dakota State. It's hard for me to be like that. That didn't deserve, you know, some criticism. I, I think it did. I think they just they wanted to sh- to lash out based on what we've heard, and it, this goes back to the off season, eight months of talking about how things have changed. Spencer's done, you doing know, this, improved yeah. run game, offensive line should be better, yada yada yada. And we came out and we looked horribly flat. I think that was the main yeah. cause of that, but I don't know. What, what do are your thoughts, Colby? Oh, so I was kind of, I got sidetracked a little bit because one of the things that I didn't even think about this weekend was weather. Um, yeah, going it's supposed in to rain, right? I've just oh, looked at the way. Actually, it says it's not supposed to, the next oh, day it's supposed yes. to be like rainy all day. Um, but I was okay. sorry, I didn't even, I got totally sidetracked because I got thinking if it, if it was a rainy day, that would certainly benefit Iowa. Um, with yeah. I know I was actually kind of when I, I wouldn't Tyler, mind it being a rainy game. <laughs> I think Tyler, you texted me that the other day too, and I I I, I said the same thing. To Tyler, I'm like, kind of suck at you know sitting in rain as, but if it's kind of like light showers, like I wouldn't mind it because I think it plays in the Iowa's favor. But no, I think I think the latest forecast is supposed to be like 79 degrees 
Um, and then, yeah, it's supposed to rain like later that night into Sunday. So um, now if we were playing in Lincoln, I saw the Lincoln forecast on Saturday. It's only supposed to be high of 65 and it's supposed to be raining all day. Well, maybe you should just stay there. Okay. then. Yeah, I probably should go to Nebraska, Georgia Southern game. Um, but okay, well, let's, let's do our wager winners quick here, Tyler. I mean, we're, we've been doing this for a while. I know we don't have a um, time cap anymore, but yeah, I think it's a little over an hour yeah. already. So let's just do this real quick. We'll Get skip, in. we'll skip going over college football week two. I mean, there's not, I mean, there's a couple, I mean, Alabama, Texas, but that's probably going to be a blowout and, you know, USC, right. Stanford, you know, potentially, well, USC is going to be a big 10 too. I think Stanford will be a big 10 school at some point too, which is another topic that we need to talk about at some point too, when we have some time talking about the big 10 um, expansion, but yeah, yeah, let's just get into wager winners. Um, Last week we went three and two, or I went three and two. I won't go through them, but I went three and two. Tyler went one and three and one. So maybe a, hopefully a better week for you, Tyler. So let's, uh, you can start starting first. off real hot again this season. Uh, yep. Just like last uh, year. Just like last year. Time for a comeback. Um, so just based on a couple of the, I, I wanted to kind of do the Alabama Texas game just since it was probably the biggest game on this weekend yeah. uh, besides the Iowa state game for Iowa or Iowa state fans. Um, I, I, I think Alabama's just still very, very much the better team um, head and shoulders above most teams in college football, them in Georgia. Um, I'm taking Alabama minus 20 at Texas. Seems like kind of a big line. Um, you know, I, you hear a lot of Texas fans. Texas is back this season, so I, that bodes well for Alabama, I think. Um, Wake Forest, they got them minus 13.5 against Vanderbilt. I just don't think Vanderbilt's a very good team, and I believe Wake Forest gets hey, their don't, starting don't say quarterback. say that about Colby's team. Hey, they started 2-0. That's better than I know. They were last year. True, but I saw Wake Forest gets gets their guy back. Uh, what's his name? Yeah, I don't know. Pretty, he he's a was pretty good quarterback. Sam Hartman or something like that. Um, he absolutely balled out last year. And I think that, you know, after his little medical or leave, he'll be, he'll be back in, in better than ever. Um, then I've got, sorry, I lost my place. Uh, Baylor plus three and a half at BYU. This game's kind of a tricky game. I don't know. I just think, I just think Baylor is a, a, still a pretty good big 12 team after, you know, obviously having a really good season last year. I think they, they can find a way to cover that game. Um, UTSA versus Army. Um, I think I bet this game last, or we had a UTSA in last week's wager winners, and that actually got me my one. Um, yeah, so one got win. With them again, right? They their off their offense is legit. I've got over fifty four and a half. Um, same with Army. Obviously, running the ball. Um, you know they can put up points. UTSA all they do is put up points, so I like the over in that game. And then I'm doing the Iowa and Iowa State under forty and a half. From what we've been talking about and everything that's kind of what we think and how the game's going to be played out. I think that's a pretty easy bet for me. Yeah. Well, thir- if, I mean, if 13 to 10 or 17, that's to what 10, I'm saying yeah, it's from our predictions that, I mean, I could easy. be completely wrong. I'd be shocked if it were, if I were wrong in that, but. Uh, so mine, I'm just doing real quick. Louisville at UCF minus five and a half for uh, UCF. Uh, I'm taking Baylor. I, I know we're not supposed to do same, but I, I really like this three and a half for them. Cause even if they lose, I think it's going to be close. So oh, I really like game. them there. Yeah. Um, Georgia Southern plus 23 and a half at Nebraska. Now Georgia Southern, their quarterbacks are pretty good and they like to pass football. I saw something where they pass like 50 times a game or something like that. Now it's supposed to rain here in Lincoln. I'm just talking about that. So it's like, I think that bodes well for Nebraska. So maybe this pick isn't as good as maybe what I thought, 
but um, I'm still going to roll with them. Let's just see. I, I know Nebraska was heavy favorites against North Dakota last week, and they did not cover. And also Nebraska has a huge game next week at home against Oklahoma. So this could definitely be kind of a look ahead game. Uh, Tennessee plus six and a half at Pitt. I think I took West Virginia last week at Pitt, seven and a half. Not maybe not a wager winners, but I did uh, an actual bet. And so I'm going to roll with Tennessee um, at Pitt this week. And then Missouri seven and a half at Kansas State. So I'm taking a lot of underdogs uh, this week, just hoping that, you know, I, I at least get the points. So that's my wager winners and that's Tyler's. And that is it for this episode. Tyler, you got to get to bed. You have a big day tomorrow. First day of uh, work Thursday. Dang. So you... Yep. That's right. New have job. fun with junior. Well, luckily I don't have to talk to him and it doesn't answer his phone anyway. So probably the only way to get a hold of him is through email, believe it or not. This is uh this is us like Brian putting Spencer on blast. We're putting June's on blast. He, well, we don't have to he worry about him. Yeah, no, he, does, he, does, he doesn't listen to these episodes. No, he anyway. listens. No, I know. He some does. of them. No, he does. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, have fun at, have fun at your first day of work. Uh, send a picture of you. Uh, you know, have, uh, yeah. Have... Send a picture of me. Just I'm working from home for all those that don't know that. So it'll I can roll out of bed and yep, and get to work. Basically, so. get to work pretty easily. So, but. Well, have fun, Colby. I will uh, talk to you soon, Tyler. Actually, I'll see you in two days. Uh, we we'll back in Kinnick, back That's on right. Melrose. Uh, tailgate should be a lot of fun. Um, I'll kind of yeah, coordinate I mean... with you what time, but I'm excited to be back in. I'm, I'm excited to be back. I think it's going to be great. I know last week was we felt kind of in the dumps, but it's a new week, and let's just hope we can. Got to be if loud. We're back, if we're if we're talking like we were Sunday, last Sunday, this Sunday, we will know things aren't good. Yeah, <laughs> and so yep. let's just pray that doesn't happen. Yep, exactly. So, all right, boys. Well, right. thank you for joining, and thank you everybody for listening. And go Hawks.